Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. Uh, when Lucas isn't putting me on the spot to introduce the podcast, I'm Spartan Dog 97. Uh, fellas, uh, Lucas is eating a burger that he stole off my plate. He pulled out his phone and wanted me to say on video that I want to kill the president uh, in order for him to eat my burger. Uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't need to take a video to do that. I'm pretty sure there's plenty of evidence of my distaste of the American government uh, for him to use as leverage, but whatever. Uh, Carter, Lucas. Give me that. uh, Yeah, good Thanksgiving. Uh, Right off the top real quick before we get into the Penn State game. This has to be one of the wildest coaching carousels I can remember. I mean, the programs, big programs poaching each other's coaches, coaches leaving teams who still have a shot to get into the college football playoff. Uh, schools, you know, coaches having four minute meetings with their players. Uh, <laughs> guys recruiting for the school their head coach is going to go to under the guise of recruiting for that head coach's current school. Uh, it's been it's it's been a crazy uh, it's been a crazy week in the in the college football coaching carousel. No Carter. doubt, no doubt. I mean, the Brian Kelly news like floored me. I mean, the whole thing about that one is the fact that like his job at Notre Dame is one of the safest and, and cushiest jobs in all of college, the whole college landscape. He's, he was an Irish Catholic at Notre Dame. Right. He literally, he literally killed a kid and kept his job. That guy could have done whatever the fuck he wanted. <laughs> I, I love Go ahead, Carter. Go ahead. I mean, he was making enough money. They were successful. He was recruiting. I think he said in like a press conference that he wanted a new challenge or something like that. But why? <laughs> He's, he's going to have a new challenge when Farmer Fran comes up to him and speaks Cajun and he just goes, get me the fuck out of here, these filth. I could just see him saying something like that. Did you guys see that story about him <laughs> treating um, Matt LaFleur and Robert Saleh like shit? Did you guys see really? yeah. heard about this? Yeah, uh, uh, Carter. Yeah, so uh, for Carter, I'll recap it for you and for the listeners who haven't heard. Basically, when the Fleur and Sala were were grad assistants for for Kelly when he was at Central, they uh, he was invite they were invited to his house for a uh, holiday party, like a Christmas party or whatever. And when they got there, uh, they were handed shovels and were told to shovel the walkways, and then were told to get to park guest cars and receive them for them at the end of the night. Wow. So they they were, they were the grounds crew. Yeah. They were invited under the pretense of like, this is a staff party at my home to congrat, you know, to kind of celebrate a year of hard work and to kind of get, you know, to kind of get in the holiday spirit and they're made fucking grounds crew and valet. That's absurd. Like, I thought he was a piece of shit already. And then, like, that type of stuff. He just treats people like doormats. And I love that LaFleur and Soleil said, like, we're not going to treat anyone like this if we become a head coach. 
And I really hope they haven't, but it seems like a big learning lesson for you. Like if it were me, I would have been tempted to be like, yeah, I'm out. I don't, I don't want to work for this asshole anymore. I would have been out. Like when I first heard about the Kelly news, I thought it was a good hire, but the more I think about it is like, this is a desperation hire from an AD who hunts the big white whales. And I think it's going to be horrible. Like it's, I think within four years he's gone. It was a strange hire for sure. I mean, yeah. he was comfortable at Notre Dame. Uh, you know, his his coaching recruiting style is way different than the SEC. Uh, I don't understand why Notre Dame is, would just let him go like that too. So I think it's a strange deal from all parties. So so here's the so here's the only thing I can think of, right? Is he he has openly talked about in the past few years about his, about his exit plan, about his retirement plan, right? Like when he was going to hang it up. So I, I think he was looking at a place like Notre Dame where there's been massive success, but there's also been some, some down years mixed in there. Definitely. And he got, and he was looking around and going, these motherfuckers are never going to fire me. I am going to be here. They want me to die on the sidelines. So, so he was like, okay, like I, I want to retire, right? I don't want to deal with this transfer portal bullshit, this NIL bullshit. What can I do? He went to the school that is paying two buyouts (laughs) that is currently paying two buyouts and said, Hey, I'll come coach you. And when you get sick of me and fire me, you're going to pay me to be retired. And Scott Woodward, who wasn't going to get any of the white whales and missed out on probably one of the best candidates in this cycle to move up from G5 to P5, Billy Napier, who yep. was stolen right out from under him by a conference rival. Brilliant. They said, they said fuck it. Brilliant yeah, move. They, they said, fuck it. You're in. <laughs> um, I won't go on further about it, but it's just like, yeah, this is desperation. I'm like, I think I read that Notre Dame just was like, we're not going to extend you. Um, we're not going to give you more money. You basically have the rest of your contract, which was three more years to win a title. And he's like, fuck that. All right. <laughs> which he's going to have, which he's going to have three years to win a title at LSU anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but instead of no money, he's going to have his contract. He's going to have the value of his contract paid out to him over the course of the next 10 years. So we can just chill. Right. Yeah. I think Notre, I think Notre Dame learned their lesson from Charlie Weiss and they weren't gonna, they weren't going to fire him and give him that buyout. They just weren't going to extend it. Right. Yeah. I'm interested to see how he recruits the South. Yeah. Um, and all over, I mean, LSU does the best they can to recruit nationally, but I mean, you got to get, you got to get those kids. You got to get the in-state kids and the kids from around that area first. Well, I, I think, I think the in-state, I think the in-state kids are probably the easiest sell just because there's no, there's no divided attention, right? Yeah. If you're, if you're a four or five-star recruit in the state of Louisiana, yeah, you basically, you can basically, they'll drive you to Baton Rouge. Like there's no... There's no hesitation about the coaches, about the staff to offer you, no matter who the staff is. So 
I don't think recruiting in Louisiana is going to be the issue. I think the, I think trying to, trying to like repair the national pipeline is going to be interesting for Kelly because he was an elite recruiter at Notre Dame. I mean, he was pulling in top 10, top five classes consistently. Yeah. So I, I, I'm interested to see what he does with his staff. There are rumors uh, that he wants to make Marcus Freeman the highest paid assistant in college football. Um, at the same time, Notre Dame might want to make Marcus Freeman just straight up their next head coach, just skip the interim tag. I think they will. And just make him the next head coach if they were smart. I yeah. think they would. I would, you know, you could get him on a bit of a on a bit of a cheaper deal. I think. I think he would take a discount just skip that G five head coach step and go straight to, and go straight to an elite school. I do think Marcus Freeman is a great coach and recruiter. Uh, so I, I think, I think they'd be best off doing that. I don't think Luke Fickle's going to Notre Dame. I think I've said this for quite a while. I think that he is the next Ohio state coach in it's not in writing or anything, but I think that there's like a backdoor agreement that like, hey, Ryan Day is not going to be here forever. Got it out of Cincinnati. You know, you've you've gotten them to the Big 12, which is pretty awesome. But like the minute Ohio State's open, Fickle is like packing his bags. Which I don't know, depending on, I mean, <clears throat> like we, our friend, you know, we have, we have Notre Dame acquaintances in our stratosphere and they're not very happy with Ryan Day right now after one conference loss. And there's gonna be there's gonna be some pretty damn good NFL jobs open this offseason, I think. So I I I think I think Fickle, I think Fickle going to Columbus is gonna be is gonna be sooner than sooner than I think we than we all think. Yeah, he's he's gonna wait. I, I've been a firm believer of that. I have no evidence to stand it on other than he loves Ohio state like so much. He is OSU devotee just wearing a Cincinnati polo right now. And when, when mama comes calling home, he's going to answer. Well, he really is like devotee in the fact that he can't go to the school he wants to go to. So he has to go to a a lower tier school. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be awesome. I, I just, okay. Let's all be grateful that the Tucker extension got done because we would be sweating bullets if Tucker thank was you, gone. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Stephen. Yes. Uh, we appreciate thank you, you Alan both. Haller. Thank you, Alan Baller. Um, thank you, Alan. Alan. Yeah, that's good. Uh, thank, thank you, D'Antonio, for, for yep. setting this up. Uh, thank you, thank you, Tom, yep. for accepting Ashiba as a walk-on in 1999. I love uh, that domino meme of Tom Izzo accepts Maddie Shiba as a walk-on and then the giant domino is um setting the the stage or setting the contract expectations for like every new coaching hire yeah (laughs) um all right do you want to move along yeah we can okay so we Carter and I were in attendance at the very snowy very cold very fun Penn State game we beat them folks we're 10 and 2 uh, 30 to 30 to 27. It was a grind them out kind of win. You know, we were at 14, nothing pretty early. Then they came back and we made it, we were up 17, 14 and a half. Excuse me. Peyton Thorne threw. I don't know what he was looking at, but he threw a pretty bad pick six. I basically just walked in the end zone about 10 yards, but then we grinded out. We, we finished with the win. 
Um, obviously the play of the game was the Jaden Reed fourth and 15 grab that Peyton Thorne just hurled up and gave Jaden all the faith in the Jaden and all the faith in the world. Do we know who, do we know who took that photo? Was that Adam? Was that Adam Ruff? I don't know. Because I would like, because I want to, I want to get a print of it, but I feel like a dick just printing it. Like I want some kind of permission like I want to like Venmo him a few bucks, whoever took that photo. So if you know who took that photo and you're listening, please DM me so I can be like, hey, here's like five bucks. Can I please print an eight by ten? Right. Not bad. Um, yeah, that was incredible. It was like they had a long standing chemistry with each other. I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, it's like they went to high school together. It was weird. Um, Lucas, you're obviously. For the stand up, stand up for a second. Stand Me? up for a second. Yeah, uh, I'm in my boxers, so I'm not going to stand up. Okay. Well, I good thing you're sitting down because uh, Peyton Thorne and Jaden Reed actually did go to high school together. Oh, wow. the wow, wow video. Um, wow. I and you know the defense did all right, but I I think this was a game that we probably could have lost pretty easily if it weren't for James Franklin being a really bad coach. James Franklin, James, James Franklin is fucking awesome. Did you guys see that video of his post-game press conference? Did he I mention the snowballs? No, he really? was, the, they were doing it. He might've mentioned the snowballs, but that's not what I'm, that's not what I, that's not what I'm talking about when I bring up this video. He's doing it. I don't know where he's doing it in Spartan stadium, it's but he's like, of course. Yeah, he's doing it in the concourse. Like, he's doing it, like, straight up in the concourse. I don't know, like, by which section he's in, but he's just, like, straight up, like, in the middle of the concourse giving his post-game press conference, and Penn State fans are walking by heckling him as he's giving his post-game press conference. They're like, nice play calling, Dick. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. I love that people were throwing snowballs at him. <laughs> some play, some people were doming some players too. Some people were in the student section. They hit a couple of players. I wouldn't hit the players. Hit, hit the coach. The coach is a dickhead. Yeah. Thank God there was no mustard. Thank God. Shout out Thank to Zanjo who hit Johnny Spirit with a snowball. Good. 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 You're doing God's work. So I'll let you guys take it. Lord's work. So, you know, I don't know what it's going to take take for for someone to convince me that Scotty Hazelton deserves another chance but I I'm getting on my I'm getting on my soapbox real quick I just don't think Scotty Hazelton has what it takes to be an elite defensive coordinator at the power five level people bring up people bring up Narduzzi in 09 and how you know he hasn't had anyone to work with and he just needs to get his guys blah 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 and to, to be fair, to be fair, other other perspectives of of the defense have been have been pretty good this year. We're top thirty in sacks somehow. Don't know how that happened, but what? the stat that matters most to me is one thirty one hundred and thirtieth out of one hundred and thirty teams teams in overall pass defense. That's worse than Kansas. That's worse than Vanderbilt. That's worse than UConn. That's worse than fucking Navy. The fucking boat people 
have a better pass defense than we do. The fucking, the guys who fucking fuck each other in the butt on boats are better at defending a pass than we are. Oh, God damn it. Bullshit. Like, I don't, people say wait for Scotty to get his guys. You know who one of Scotty's guys is? Chester Kimbrough. Chester Kimbrough couldn't fucking defend Don Thomas running a slant route. (laughs) Chester Kimbrough, Chester Kimbrough makes Jelani Tavai look like Von Miller. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I'm down, partner. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what to think of Hazelton. You know, I was pretty much on the fire him train, um, but I'm willing to give him one more year, and I think that's fair enough. If it doesn't work out, I think like uh, when I, I was sitting next to Mitch and Ryan, excuse me, during the game. And we were all pretty much in agreement that he would probably get at least midway through next year. And if it's still this bad, I could see them parting ways with him. But, I mean, who knows if Mel Tucker's the kind of guy to fire someone midseason. You know, that would have to be if we're like two and four or something because of it. I say that'd be like the sky is falling type of situation. Um, Yeah, I don't know if this year is a great evaluation for – Scotty Hazelton because yeah they did add a couple you know corner transfers and they were his guys but I mean the 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 portal the corners in the portal um the talent pool had kind of dried up at that point because the two of the best ones had been taken you know Darion Kendrick from Clemson went to Georgia and then Drayshawn Miller from West Virginia went to Auburn and those were you know two of the top guys uh, in the portal. And then that kind of didn't really leave Hazleton with much. Um, I know they're going to probably go hard after corners in the portal next year, and then it'll be another year for those guys in that scheme. So I think next year is a much better indicator. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't put too much on Hazleton this year. Yeah. And, and to the point that, yeah, we were a good team, I guess, at generating a pass rush and we were really good at stopping the run. It just, we could not, keep receivers in front of us and that does need to get better next year. I just I I just don't think I just don't think Hazelton has it in him. I just I I don't know. I don't have that faith in him that that people had had in Narduzzi. I don't see where I don't see a successful blueprint. I I don't. It if the answer is to get better guys, then like if you get good enough guys, then like you don't need to be a good defensive coordinator. So either he's an elite recruiter, which I don't think he is, or, or he's an elite coach, which I don't think he is. And if you're going to pay, and I'm sorry, if you're going to make this kind of investment in Mel Tucker, like you're setting, you're setting expectations that 10 and two isn't that 10 and two isn't the, isn't the outlier. It's the norm. Right. And we really should be 11 and one. There's no reason. The only reason we lost to Purdue was because of Scotty Hazleton's defense. Let's be clear. We should be going to Indy right now. 
And it's because of Scotty Hazleton and his defensive scheme. We we would have lost the tiebreaker to Ohio State if we even if we finished eleven and one and lost to them. But still, yeah. But still, yeah. I I know. Yeah, I agree. I was there for that, and it was just deflating to to know that the defense couldn't make a stop. Um. So I mean, you want to move to uh, Battle for Atlantis? Sure. Let's. So. Wait, I want to. I want to get. I want to get you guys on the record. So, okay. we have a very, we have a very difficult decision to make this weekend. Oh. The options we have: Michigan wins, they go to the playoff, but we make a New Year's Six, or Michigan loses, and essentially knocks us out of New Year's Six, and essentially knocks us out of the New Year's Six Bowl. I'd rather play for a New Year's Six. So. Yeah, I want the New Year's Six Bowl. I don't fucking care. Honestly, I don't think recruits care that much. Uh, so as long as we're playing on New Year's Day, I don't give a fuck. So we're going to get the Outback or Citrus. Fuck it. Go Hawkeyes. Go Lucy. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm rocking with Kirk, baby. I'm not Blueprint Lucas this weekend, but I mean, look. It might curse them by me saying I think they're I think they're gonna curb stop Iowa. I really do. I'm black and gold. I'm black and I'm black and gold print SD. (laughs) I'm gonna have I'm gonna I'm gonna be rocking so much black and gold this weekend. I'm gonna make Tutter look like a (laughs) (laughs) if if Iowa covers the eleven, I'll be impressed. Let's just say that much. I will be floored. If Michigan doesn't win this game by two plus scores, they're gonna get worked in the first round of the playoff. By, by Luke Fickle, our, our our savior, Luke Fickle. Yeah. Um, We're going to be shoe watching as he as he puts <laughs> as Desmond Ritter puts up 60. We'll be shoe watching as he steps on Michigan's neck. <laughs> um, so before before we leave you, before we leave you fine folks, we participated in a tournament last week and we touched on the first game because we recorded Wednesday night. Um so the second game was Thanksgiving afternoon. We played UConn, um, and we won. I think it was sixty-four to sixty. Yeah, um, we were up by fourteen points at one point, and then we were down seven with about four minutes left. Um, I didn't watch the game until afterwards because of my. I just didn't want to. I was stuck watching the Lions game at my mom's house, so I could not change the channel. Um, but. I think this team showed a lot of um, – they showed a lot. Like, I, I forget the term. You guys can help me out. But they showed – they showed a, a lot, lot of promise. A lot of promise, yeah. Um, the, these were two tournament games that they went in and won. And it reminded me of, like, this is a Sweet 16 caliber team. Like, this would be – if you're a 5 seed, you're playing a 12 seed Loyola. And then you're playing the 4 seed UConn. And then you play the 1 seed <laughs> – Breaking, breaking news, breaking news. What? Uh, <laughs> I know we don't talk a lot of hockey on the podcast, uh, but the Wings have just placed Tyler Bertuzzi in COVID protocols. Oh, wow. Shock <laughs> irony. Shocker. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I just saw that. God. <laughs> That's awesome. Get the fucking shot, you shitbag. He's the only one in the NHL, right? Yes. Wow. He's literally the only player. Like, so brave, man. He's just so brave. Um, 
He's owning libs. Um, well, back to basketball. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I think, I think this team last year, and I think you guys will agree with me, had two, had two major issues. Uh, the one issue being that they didn't have, um, they didn't have, they didn't have reliable point guard play, and they. They, there was no leader. There was no leadership from anyone on the floor, and yep. I, and I think uh, the point guard problem is is pretty close to solved. Um, I would like to see a little more confidence in Tyson Walker to shoot the ball, especially from deep. Um, but I, I do, I do think the the bill of goods we were sold, we were sold have have lived up to expectations. He does. He is an elite distributor. He does have great court vision. Um, he does hustle. He plays hard. Um, AJ Horgard is is an is a is a worthy backup. I think. I think he can. Um, I think he can get some good minutes. And you know, once he just kind of settles the fuck down and kind of gets used to his lighter frame, I think he has potential to be really good. Uh, uh, Marcus and you know the leadership thing. I think. It, the leadership thing is going to be a little hazier. I think it needs to be, I think it's going to come down to the captains. It's going to be Gabe Brown and Malik Hall. And, and, you know, if either of them want it, they have to play more consistently. They can't have these, they can't have these hot and cold nights where they pop off for 28 and then do absolutely nothing the next, the next, the next time out. They need to, they need to be consistent. And if that means, you lose some of the more explosive performances, fine, because you're not going to get the no shows. Yep, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you. Point guard and leadership; those were the two biggest issues. Point guard, for the most part, is solved or will be solved as the season goes on. Um, as yeah, as you said, Walker is really good at uh, maintaining pace, uh, distributing, making sure guys are where they're supposed to be, and I do agree with you do agree with you to the point that he does need to realize that he is allowed to shoot the ball. And I, and Hogard also needs to slow down and Izzo told him he needs to slow down. And to the point of leadership, we, I don't think we have one still, you know, I it's, you can see when there's one on the floor, you know, you can't really describe it or like uh, you can't, you can't put it in a statistic or anything like it's, that. It's like porn. You know it. You know it when you see it. Right. And That's I right. and I haven't and I haven't seen and I no. I've seen flashes from from Gabe and Malik. Um, I've seen a titty. Yep. I've seen a titty or two, but I've I haven't seen, seen full porn in my life. So I don't. I haven't seen. Yeah. I haven't seen full. I haven't seen full penetration with I've, Cassius. We were getting like nasty, like anal TP shit. You know, out, with these guys, we have it up. Never mind. Um. Uh, oh boy. That was an incredible comparison and the effortlessness to just flow into it. <laughs> this went from titty to like n- the nastiest shit you can think of. Yeah, like you know, we get a titty, like maybe like maybe we get like those tight panties where you can like see some vulva where you know with Cassius, with Denzel, with uh, with Draymond. Like we're talking like BDSM shit, like just the nastiest fucking shit, like public hardcore shit. 
and we haven't we haven't seen that yet and i think i i think we will see it um i just think um i think it's going to i think it's end up i think it's going to end up being gabe uh, honestly mm-hmm. uh but i would like to see malik um in the starting lineup because joey hauser man woof yeah um, to quote that one guy, uh, he's not that guy, pal. Yeah, he, yeah. Um, he 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 put up 27 in a loss to Wisconsin last year and just thought, eh, I'm good. I'm out. I'm, I'm his, good. His, no, I'm good. I don't know what shoes Nike has him wearing, but the cement fours need to come off and he needs to get some KDs or something. Yeah. Because he, he moves <laughs> – he moves like he's stuck. In, he moves like he's stuck in molasses. He's wearing he's wearing Air Monarchs. Yeah, <laughs> he's fucking. He's moving he's like he. Yeah. He's he's moving like his wife is making him mow the lawn on a, <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon. His favorite movie is Camp Man. My wife said no. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing fucking New Balance nine hundred fives that are just grass stained as shit. <laughs> Man, speaking my language. And the dirtiest white undershirt you have ever seen. <laughs> it's like people think it's yellow when they first see it. Oh, um, He's got those big ass fucking FM, FM transmitter headphones on. With the antenna. And it, yeah, with the antenna and he's listening to sports talk radio. <laughs> he's got Colin Coward on. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. listening to the herd. He Clay made his show. Yeah. Joey Hauser. Joey Hauser brought his son out here and asked him how he can listen to Fox News while he's doing <laughs> yard work. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um no, I, I liked what we saw of this team. And you know, people were freaking out about getting their ass kicked by Baylor. And I'm like, why? They're the defending champions. They're they're and they're still really fucking good. There's they're gonna be in contention for a one seed. Like if, if they were the defending champs and, like, return nobody and, like, a brand-new team, sure, I would think, yeah, maybe we have a shot. But, like, we were doing pretty good at halftime. We showed that we're close. And I think it's just – I think this is this team is not going to win the Big Ten. I think that is um, – it's, it's Purdue. It's, it's Purdue's Purdue. conference to lose. I mean – Yes. Purdue is going to win this conference and then, like, just completely shit the bed in the round of 32 or something. It's yeah, going to be no- horrible. No other team is going to win this conference. Purdue is going to choke the conference away. That's what it's going to. That's how it's going to shake out. I mean, yeah, like Michigan could get it together, and like when it's mid February, Purdue could start to choke a little bit, and you could just see the progression. You know, like a win percentage just dip the other way, or or they just steamroll everybody, win the Big Ten in the Big Ten tournament, and like. Or like a not a one sixteen upset, but like a one nine eight eight upset. I could totally see that happen. Um. So, we what we play? Yeah, we play Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. Um, I think we were about a four point favorite, unless that line changed. Um. I I don't think about this game. I I heard <laughs> I heard our boy Sheehan on with his grandpa earlier. Um who he just pretend to be a Louisville reporter. Um, and no, but I heard, I heard Sheehan with this Louisville reporter and, you know, 
this team doesn't scare me a ton, and I don't like that feeling because normally that means it's going to be like a one or two point game. I don't know how you guys are feeling about this. You remember that uh, that overtime loss we had to them a couple of years ago? Oh yeah, yeah the, the final that four was, year. Yeah, that was excruciating. Yeah, and Chris Mack was being a dickhead and said like we knew that they were going to turn the ball over a lot. So we just started, he said something dickish about it. Like, he, it's like, yeah, no shit. We turned the ball over, but he said something that rubbed me the wrong way. I don't like that dude. No, I don't know. I might be out of base here, but <clears throat> I'm not a fan of Chris Mack. And like, every time we play Louisville, it's like, Oh, you know, a heart pounding game. Like I remember in 15, 16, we played them. We had to come back and win. Um, obviously, the final four. That was a fucking classic game. Oh, the, the starting lineup. Uh, Tyson Walker, Max Christie, Gabe Brown, and Marcus Bingham, and Joey Hauser. Why? Fuck. Why? Is Malik Hall's ankle still bugging him then? I think it could also be a fact that Malik Hall just is not consistent enough. That that would be my best guess. I'm sorry. Yeah, Malik. Yeah, being inconsistent is better than being consistently bad. Right. No, I I agree with you guys, but that would be my guess is that if Malik can consistently at least get like nine ten points a game, he's he will take over for Hauser. I just think he's just remembering the Seton Hall game and this Loyola game and going, oh, I think I'm all right. I think the problem with Hauser is that. Uh, Thomas Kithier isn't there to make him better. <laughs> he, he's the scapegoat. Yeah, Thomas Kithier was really the straw that stirs the drink. For, and, <laughs> verbal meme, uh, the soldier guarding the, sh- the the knives from g- going into his back. <laughs> Thomas, Kithier. Thomas Kithier. And then, then in the, the, the kid in the bed is the kid in the bed. Or you could do uh, Thomas Kithier slash Foster Lawyer. Can I uh, can I make that meme and post it to Bacon Wire? Sure, you do it. After want. this podcast, okay, it'll be a fun little Easter egg because they'll see the tweet <laughs> and then listen to the podcast and be like, "Oh shit! Oh boy!" Wake yeah, up, it'll baby. be like, yeah, it'll be like, like it'll be like LCBs, no context memes. Oh my god, I I miss those so much. Uh, um, so, all right, quick, before we, before we sign off guys, I wanted to get your thoughts on the conference championship games this weekend. Uh, just real quick, uh, just say who's going to win. I don't want your reasoning. I don't give a shit Just say who's going to win. Uh, Oregon, Utah, Oregon revenge, Oregon. I think Utah, I think Utah's coming away with it. Okay. Baylor, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state, Baylor stinks. Hey, yeah. Okay. State. Yeah, Baylor chokes all the time. Yep. Uh, uh, our boy Rocky Lombardi, Northern Illinois versus Kent State. I'm go- I'm, riding I'm riding with Rocky. I'm riding with Rocky. Rocky. Uh, Alabama, Georgia. Georgia in a close one. Georgia. I think Bam- I think Bama's going to pull it out. I think Nick Saban's going to use whatever dumbass devil magic he has <laughs> to, to pull this one out. Uh, Cincinnati, Houston. Cincy also close. Uh, fickle, fickle boys. Yeah, I think I think Cincy's going to win. I think you're right, Carter. I think it is going to be closer. Uh, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, Pitt, Wake. I got Wake. I like I like that offense. I like Sam Hartman. Uh, I'm, I, I'm a Narduzzi fan for life. 
Yeah, Nardis. Yeah, I love the Nard dog. I love him for the 2013 defense, but I just think I think Wake's got too many. I think Wake's got too many weapons, which is something I never thought I'd say about Wake Forest football. <laughs> uh, and finally, Michigan Iowa. Michigan wins. Ugh, Michigan's gonna kill him. Uh, I'm riding. I'm riding with Kirk. Uh, <laughs> I'm. I ordered my MAGA hat. I Amazon primed it. It'll be here. It'll be here tomorrow. Uh, go Hawks. Uh, let's re- Lucy. We riding. And this time next week, we'll be talking about us being in the Fiesta Bowl. Speak it into existence, as my good friend Mike Dumas says. Brian Kelly lists Notre Dame. Who? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Do you, okay. Never mind. Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not named an interim yet. I think that's important. They've not. They've not named an interim yet officially. There. I. I've heard their their uh, Swarbrick was interviewing Marcus Freeman today, skipping meetings and stuff. So. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. Let's let's get out of here. Let's watch our boys. Hopefully, hopefully have a nice, comfortable win. A, a dub is a dub, no matter what. Um, we'll talk next week. It'll be a little longer pod. I'm sure we won't be time crunched. Fellas, go green. Go white. Go white. Jaden Nikon's 20 point game. <laughs>